Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. This is your waiver edition for week number four. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my guy, Sean Kerner. Sean, uh, happy birthday again, man. Uh, <laughs> we, got to, we got to hang out and uh, it was fun. I must say you had me uh, you had me betting on ski ball in a bar, which I had never done before. So the line I really sharked you was that 185 uh, and my buddy Greg bowled a 180. So I won um, some pretty decent money off you on that. I guess before we should go on, not to start the show on a sad note, but I do want to say rest in peace to to Mac, Mike Tagliere and uh, and you know just best wishes to his his whole family. Um, that was just a, a major loss and some news that just kind of tragic to wake up to on a on a Sunday morning. Yeah, he was just one of the best in the entire industry. Great off of podcast too. Like you know, I was pretty close with them. I'm in. Um, a dynasty league with him. Just very unfortunate. If you can, please donate to the GoFundMe. Um, I retweeted it, so it's it's on my page. But try to find that and donate if you can. Yeah, we'll put that link in the uh, episode description. So again, just uh, very unfortunate news. Um, just wanted to to talk about that at the top. Hard to transition back, but uh, let's start it out with the Fantasy Flex Week Four waiver episode presented by Prize Picks with. So let's talk about Sam Darnold because we got to talk about the Panthers. Let's talk about the, let's get it all out of the way. Christian McCaffrey's hurt. He's going to be out. So let's just actually start with Chuba Hubbard. And then we'll talk about Sam Darnold as a streamer and do it that way. Sean uh, Hubbard played 55% of the snaps. So Royce Freeman's 15% against Houston. He had 14 touches to Freeman's six. So the big question is how much of your budget are you willing to spend on a Chuba Hubbard while he's filling in for Christian McCaffrey over these next few weeks. Yeah, I, I think it all comes down to the situation you're in. Um, if you're zero and three and you know are hurting at running back, I think I, I would bid you know potentially over fifty percent of my budget, especially if there aren't many running backs with this sort of upside, because he's really going to become that Mike Davis role we saw last year. I think he's going to be pretty solid RB two. Um, the, the only concern really is his receiving usage. He, he dropped two balls already this season on eight targets. So hopefully they don't, you know, give Royce Freeman some of that work. Um, so I, I think if you're 0-3 hurting at running back, you, you could use, you know, probably a three to four week rental, if we're being honest. Um, but if you're if you're 3-0, and you're solid at running back and you have no use for Hubbard for three games, just pass. Let somebody um, invest heavily in on him. So I, I think it depends on your situation. But he should be a pretty solid RB2 for a few games here. I'd probably be even a little bit more conservative. I'd probably spend, you know, 30, 35% tops. Obviously, yes, more if you're a losing team toward the high end of that. But uh, I'm actually concerned that McCaffrey's not going to miss that much time because uh, Jason Lockenfora reported that McCaffrey's dealing with lower than a grade one hamstring strain. They called it like a grade 0.5 which means it's a very mild hamstring strain. So I think people are going to kind of look at McCaffrey as this injury-prone guy uh, who missed a ton of games last year, and you're going to get that Mike Davis, you know, FOMO. But last year, McCaffrey was dealing with an ankle. He was dealing with a shoulder. Those are like bone injuries. Now, soft tissue hamstrings, they do linger, but there's no guarantee that McCaffrey's going to miss the the kind of time that he was missing last year. He hasn't been placed on IR, which means it might even be a shorter than a three-week absence. Uh, because if if it was going to be a guaranteed three-week absence, they would just go ahead and place him on IR. Now we're recording this Monday afternoon, so obviously things could change between now and even the time you guys hear this. But those are the reports that we're hearing right now. Mild hamstring strain, no injured reserve designation for McCaffrey. So that's kind of what I'm tempering expectations on. I think they clearly want to use Hubbard in that Mike Davis role. They let him, they let Davis walk. They spent a fourth round draft pick on Hubbard, which is pretty significant for a running back, especially when you already have Christian McCaffrey. So I have no question that they're going to use him. I do. I, I am kind of with you. I do worry a little bit in the back of my mind about some lapses. You know, he had a couple of drops. Yeah, I believe he was credited with three drops in the preseason mm-hmm. and, and he had a fumble as well 
on not many targets. So uh, it has been a little up and down. So that that's kind of why I would say temper expectations. While he's on the field, he should be fine. He should give you uh, like double Trey Sermon, uh, you, like whatever Trey Sermon gave us yesterday. He should give us at least double that. But I'm just worried that McCaffrey won't be out for too long. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Darnold now because Darnold, lo and behold, is the QB 11 this season. He was the QB five last week, a couple of rushing scores, and he's got a matchup coming up against Dallas in what should be a high scoring game. Uh, what do you think about Darnold as a streamer for this week, especially with McCaffrey out? Just do you think that kind of makes them go a little more pass heavy? Is this like a, uh, Terrace Marshall eruption spot or and you know just like what do you think of Darnold uh, if he's on the wire for people I hope it's a Terrace Marshall eruption <laughs> spot and yeah I think they're gonna um, be a little bit more pass heavy without CMC um, and you know they breeze to this 3-0 record so they will um, you know be more pass heavy when they get in a competitive game or a trailing game script even so I think that's gonna help even out um, you know, some of the efficiency, I don't think Sam Darnold is going to be able to keep this up necessarily, but I think he's going to see an increase in usage going forward. I will say though, his, his fantasy um, points have been buoyed a bit by these three rushing scores. Um, now he could have easily maybe have thrown a touchdown instead, but still, I think, you know, we want to be careful and being, you know, you know, overreacting too much to the first three games, but it does look like he's having a post Adam Gates breakout. So I would consider him, you know, as a high end streamer, um, for this weekend going forward. Sam Darnold is the leverage like ad on, on for, Hubbard. Like Hubbard, imagine yeah. he keeps vulturing, uh, keeps <laughs> vulturing touchdowns. And then, and then when he, when they do get a rushing touchdown, it'll be Giovanni Ricci, the fullback. Oh God, don't put that into the world, but you're probably and, and right I, with <laughs> Dan Earl have gone. Um, you know, they're going to have Ian Thomas and Ricci running around. So yeah, it's um, maybe, maybe it is a Terrence Marshall breakout week. Now that I think about it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I could definitely see that happening. Um, but yeah, I think w- when it comes to just the streaming options, it's so crazy how the top 12 quarterbacks seem like the same guys every week. The QB one tier is just entrenched right now. And then you kind of have these streamers that we can like juggle every week based on the matchup. And then you have just the unplayable guys below that. So there's like three massive tiers at quarterback right now. And it seems pretty rigid in that, that sense. Yeah, so I, I want to talk about some of these other quarterbacks because now we're getting into the, the end of the first month of the season. We have at least three weeks of data, so we, we've seen about you know, 150, 200 plays from each of these teams. Uh, Kirk Cousins, QB4 this season, QB11 last week, looks really good. Uh, Cleveland, the total's over 50. It's a one-point spread, so this could be a very good game for fantasy purposes. But Cleveland did just completely eviscerate Justin Fields. So curious as to what you think about Cousins uh, as a streamer. I'm sure he's still available in, in some weeks. Yeah, like I said last week, he was one of the high-end streamers, in my opinion. You know, he's going to be right in that QB 13, 14 range most weeks. And that's where I have him right now. He's my QB 14. Um, the Vikings have been a bit pass-heavy the past couple of games. You know, they had the all the defensive injuries in week two. This week, they were without Dalvin Cook. So, you know, Cousins is always going to give a pretty high floor. He's going to have some spurts like this where he has, you know, high-end quarterback one potential. But in the long run, he doesn't have that rushing upside. So we can't consider him a QB1 going forward. But again, he's I consider him the cream of the crop when it comes to this kind of streaming tier, this QB2 tier. So um, I think Cleveland probably, yeah, they look good, but that was mostly, you know, Justin Fields, and this offense is not being in sync quite yet. Um, so it's, it's a tougher matchup. But I think Kirk Cousins can overcome it. Uh, and he's my QB 14 right now. And speaking of fields, what did you think of fields? Because that was the game that I just had. I was the most wrong on. I felt like out of every game, like I was overall, if you just took out, my, I had like three bets on that game. I had a couple props. I had a bet on the Bears. I lost them all. If you took that out, I had a winning week. So I'm curious as to what you thought, because it did not look good. And it looked like a continuation of, you know, kind of the underwhelming appearance he had the week before. And remember, this Cleveland defense, they were getting shredded by Tyrod Taylor, you know, the week before. So I am I am officially worried about fields. Uh, but, but what did you think? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was really bad. And, you know, we were kind of joking about that his prop was 204 passing yards. Oh. That was way too low. We were projecting 240 to 250. 
Um, it looks like we were wrong about that. This this looks like it's going to take some time for it to work. I got we'll find out this week if he starts this week against the Lions and he still looks that bad, then it's a concern. I, I just think he's probably holding on to the ball too long. Um, you know, he was able to get away with that Ohio State, you know, and receivers were making two to three cuts and he's waiting for them to get open. He just doesn't have that kind of time in the NFL and he's going to have to learn to get rid of it, throw in a tight windows at times. But yeah, right now it's just really hard to trust him or even this offense. You know, I was all excited about Darnell Mooney last <laughs> week. Um, even Allen Robinson, we have to be concerned about right now because it did look that bad. But again, this is a get right spot against the Lions. So this, I think if he starts this week and he still looks as bad, then I'll be really concerned. Yeah, I've, I've tried to rectify this, but I've already bet the Lions. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, to be fair, I got him at six, which did, lasted for all of like 20 minutes, I feel like. Wow. And then like, the, I think the line is like three and a half now, which I wouldn't touch. But yeah, I'm, I'm worried about Fields. I, I think you still want to hold him, but you know, maybe next, maybe even next week, you know, I know Marquise Brown dropped a, like a hundred yards worth of, of production against the lions, but they generally look like a pretty well-coached team. I do worry a little bit about this field. You know, this team, the bears have put up 11 points per game of offense. Cause remember they got the, the, the defensive touchdown against burrow 11 points of offense in these three games, you know, uh, at, on average two adult, like a one and a half with Dalton, one and a half with field. So uh, cousins, Guy like that, I'd probably start over him this week. Maybe even Darnold, too. Um, what about Derek Carr? What do we think of him? And well, I'll just lump, lump in Carr and Peyton Barber. Because Peyton Barber, you I think you jokingly called him my favorite <laughs> running back. But uh, I I would have preferred Kenyon Drake to, to kind of go crazy. Um, I was not trying to invest in, in Peyton Barber. But he got 23 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Also caught three balls for 31. Uh, played 57% of the snaps. And then Derek Carr, he's averaging like 380 yards passing. He's a QB8 this season. So uh, what are your thoughts on this Raiders offense? I don't think we know if Jacobs is going to be back definitely uh, by next week. So uh, what, what are your thoughts on the Vegas Raiders? Yeah, so Derek Carr is not going to be able to keep this up. He's He's thrown for over 380 yards in all three games. Um, and I think that's been due to you know, their run game not being efficient this year. They, they were 31st in DVOA before this week. It probably went up, but still, you know, they, they took a wrecking ball of the offensive line in the offseason. Richie Incognito's been out. Josh Jacobs has been out. So, uh, you know, I think they're going to remain a pass-heavy team, which helps Derek Carr's floor, but I, I just don't see him having this high of ceiling every single game. Um, it's it's going to have to come back down to earth. So, you know, I'm not I'm not really investing in Peyton Barber at all, because like you said, Josh Jacobs might return this week. They don't play till Monday Night Football. Um, so, you know, he might be going out of that game, a true game time decision. You don't want to be relying on a guy like Peyton Barber anyway, but especially if, you know, Josh Jacobs suits up, then he's unplayable. Um, so I'm probably letting someone else bid on him this week um, because like Kenny and Drake is still there. This is still a two way committee. Um, and this this week, it could be a trailing game script against the Chargers, which will favor Kenan Drake. So I'm I'm not buying it any uh, Peyton Barber this week. Like I said, your favorite running back. <laughs> Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Uh, on this show, we like to talk Monday night football. So Sean, start us off with your prize pick elite entry for the Monday night matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. So my, my favorite prop tonight is Dalton Schultz to go under 28 and a half receiving yards. I think there's several reasons why um, I love this prop. Uh, so I'll give you three of them. Number one, um, it's just likely that Blake Jarwin um, sees his playing time increase as he gets healthier. You know, he's coming back from ACL surgery. So it's been, you know, a two-way committee for now. But I think, you know, Jarwin's snaps are going to go up at the expense of Schultz. So I think we have some downward trajectory with Schultz going forward. Number two, Dylan Schultz has caught all eight of his targets this year. He's not going able to sustain a 100% catch rate. So we're going to see some incompletions, drops. Um, and, you know, his A dot is 2.8 yards <laughs> this year, which is pathetic. That's a third lowest. So he can get three to even four catches and still stay under this number uh he's not like Ooh. the most athletic player he's not gonna bust a 20 yard catch and run so 
Uh, and then number three, the Eagles have done a pretty good job balling up tight ends so far this year. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts had four catches for 31 yards uh, and then George Kittle four catches for 17 yards last week. So Dalton Schultz is nowhere near those two tight ends. So I, I love this under I'm projecting it closer to 22 and a half. And that's not even factoring in like all three of these reasons necessarily. So I, I would take this down to about 23 and a half. Oh yeah. This is my favorite type of prop on last Monday night. I had under Mercedes Lewis, like six and a half and under Darren fells five and a half. Uh, I love these tight ends with the low a dots who, you know, yeah. they Schultz could catch like four or five balls and still go. Over five, the- I think five passes. I'm screwed. <laughs> hey, um, but he had four for 18 last yeah. week. So that fifth one <laughs> may have just given him like, you know, 22, 23. I just hope he doesn't catch a pass, but yeah, I <laughs> yeah. think three catches were still under this. So a lot of yeah, wiggle no. room. This is a, that's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, I can't compete with that one, but I'm going. <laughs> that's just a really good one. I like that one. I'm going to use that one in my entry with Jalen Hurts, and I'm going over uh, 0.5 interceptions. So I'm p- picking him to throw a pick in this game. Uh, first of all, uh, and half an interception, you're essentially getting this at even money. Only like Aaron Rodgers is like a guy you can project to throw, you know, a half an interception or less. Most quarterbacks are going to be in that 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9 range mm-hmm. per game. Uh, so you'd ex- they're, they're more likely than not to throw a pick. Jalen Hurts still has four interceptions and in six starts, uh, even though he has none uh, in two games this year. He threw two versus Dallas last year. Dallas already has four picks on the year, and I think they're going to get to him here because they're going to play zone defense. They're going to want to keep their eyes on him. They're not going to want to play a bunch of man. And if you look throughout the week, only four quarterbacks uh, – not counting Monday night, obviously, but only four quarterbacks to start all three of the te- their team's games do not have a pick yet. And Jalen Hurts has gone two games without a pick. Uh, so this is just a bet on him not getting a three against the Dallas defense that, you know, has gotten some picks. But more importantly, Dallas can put up the points on you. It's not going to be like San Francisco last week where low scoring game. Atlanta only put up six. They're going to sh- I think Dallas is going to stress Jalen Hurts and that Philly offense more than any team has yet because you know, the, the defense has allowed only 23 combined in two games uh, have the Eagles defense. So p- projecting over uh, a half a pick for Jalen Hurts, I think he throws one tonight. Nice. I, I'm with you there. I'm projecting for 0.85, which is yeah. about a 60% chance. I, I already locked it in two pick power play with these two. I think they, they correlate pretty well. You know, Jalen Hurts throwing interception, positive game script for the Cowboys. Why would they be throwing to Dalton Schultz? Um, so I love these two, uh, the way they correlate as well. That was our lead entry for prize picks week uh, three, Monday night football. Sean has Dalton Schultz under 28 and a half receiving yards. I have Jalen Hurts over a half an interception. If you haven't created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description and prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. You can also visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code action 10. That's action one zero for a match on your deposit up to $100. Okay, here's the thought. Here's a scary thought. You said Peyton Barber may be unplayable, right? If if Josh Jacobs plays. Are you saying yeah. it's going to be what I'm about committee? to say. Uh-oh. Y- yeah. Okay, no. Oh, no. To, like, uh, I just think back to the Raiders, and I think it was – the only thing was, I think it was before Gruden got there, so maybe that's – what was when did Gruden get there, 2018 or 19? I think it's – 2018. Oh, so what? Yeah. Okay. So remember the first year Gruden was there, they had Marshawn Lynch, Jalen mm. Richard, and Doug Martin. Cause Gruden loves these like old washed up veteran, you know, kind of like middling veteran plotting non pass catching guys like Peyton Barber. And so like Doug Martin was getting like four five, seven carries with Lynch as like the lead back and Richard is a third down back. So, I mean, this 100-yard game for Barber came at, like, an inopportune time, especially with Jacobs being banged up. Like, I do worry that Jacobs' usage goes down because I didn't think it was going to go down just due to Drake. Um, you know, I thought he was still going to get his 15, 20 carries a game. Drake will play in the passing game. But, but now we're seeing Barber get that role. But Gruden just loves guys like Barber. So, I mean, if you have Josh Jacobs right now, like, what do you, like would you consider selling him, uh, like, right now? Like, do you think his value will ever be higher? 
Yeah, that's a good point. I, I mean, you're not really <laughs> selling high at this point, but you're getting out of it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I can I can see that. It, and if it's a three way committee, let's face it, Peyton Barber is going to be unplayable. But your point is, they all three might be unplayable. Yeah, and it could depend on game script. Like, God, yeah, no, I think Josh Jacobs would be trapped. Like, um, yeah, he would be really hard to trust any given week. So yeah, I, I would consider it. Um, I would definitely consider it. Like, yeah, because it seems like you'd be selling low. But there's a there's a chance that he just he just never kind of recovers that value. So just just putting that out there into the into the atmosphere. Uh, let's talk about uh, real quick Tyler Heineke. Uh, any any love for him going against Atlanta this week? Yeah, no, he's looked pretty good um, in terms of fantasy. Anyways, um, during these two tougher matchups against the Giants and Bills, um, and then this week he has a plus matchup against the Falcons. So. I would consider him sort of that high-end streamer, um, you know, tier right now. He has that rushing upside we love. He has, you know, Terry McLaurin. He might get Curtis Samuel back this week, uh, if not this week, next week. So I, I'm okay investing in Tyler Heineke. If, if you're hurting at quarterback, he, he has that, um, that upside we love. So in a matchup like this, he could be absolutely playable. All right, let's shift gears and talk about some more running backs here. Uh, James White goes down for New England. Uh, is there anyone we want in this backfield or is it just the Damian Harris show? Well, it's, it's the Damian Harris show, but I think JJ Taylor is worth a fly right now. I, I would consider him. Well, I would consider Stevenson to be, um, you know, Damian Harris's true backup and JJ Taylor is probably James White's backup. Um, and that's certainly a role we want to invest in with Mac Jones on our center. I mean, he's dumping it off to the running back quite a bit. There's no more Rex Burkhead. Um, so, you know, J.J. Taylor might dominate th- this passing work. So I think he's worth a flyer. And Brandon Bolden filled in a bit last week. That was probably just because the injury happened in game. I don't think he'll be part of the game plan going into next week. With Bill Belichick, we never know. Uh, but J.J. T- Taylor is certainly w- worth a flyer, especially if, you know, Stevenson and Harris, you know, they keep up these fumbling issues. He could end up being the workhorse back. So that's why I always like investing in these like third string running backs on the Patriots because they they always have that RB2 upside. Um, if all these backs are ending up in the doghouse, uh, J.J. Taylor could emerge as an RB2. Speaking of third string backs and the Patriots, <laughs> uh, Tom Brady uh, dumped it off to Gio Bernard 10 times last week. Gio caught nine balls for 51 and a touchdown. Uh, he still doesn't have a carry this year, though. I'm sure he's on most people's wires and they're going to see that big game. Is he worth picking up or is that just kind of an outlier? Cause like one of the few times the bucks are going to be in a losing script this year. That's what I was going to say. It just, it's going to be rare that the bucks get into a trailing game script like that. So I, I wouldn't buy into it. And I think he got hurt at the very end of the game. So I'd look out for that. Um, we love Joe Bernard on the fantasy flex, but I am not buying into him right now. Somehow he was the second Giovanni mentioned on this podcast though. Oh, true. <laughs> Giovanni Ricci got the got the nod, but uh, yeah, I, I guess I didn't. We didn't even uh, plan to discuss this, but I do have to ask Ronald Jones. Drop him four carries, six carries, five carries. Oh. Uh, first of all, I don't even know why you drafted him. Remember, I said, "Why the hell is his ADP <laughs> RB 30 So, if you've been listening to this pod, hopefully you just don't have him. But if you do, uh, and there's like anybody out there that's playable drop him. Although I will say, you know, his, his appeal is if Leonard Fournette goes down, I mean, he could be an RB two, but he just doesn't have enough upside to, to even stash on your bench right now, in my opinion. Wait, 9% of the snaps in week one jumped to 41% in week two, which is still not great. Uh, and then down to 16% last week when Arians kind of told us, he was like, you know, Fournette's going to start. Uh, I was able to get the, the Jones prop at 28 and a half rushing yards. So that and he hasn't he still hasn't hit that in any game this season. So yeah, it's it's looking <laughs> ugly. This is Brutal. this is not a good situation. Uh who else we got to talk about here? Uh thoughts on this Atlanta situation. Mike Davis. I mean, he did get 16 touches, he got 70 yards, so he didn't get a touchdown, but on the surface, his numbers look decent. He played 60% of the snaps, but Cordell Patterson outperformed him again on 42% of the snaps and three fewer touches. Patterson got 22 more yards. He had 13 touches for 92 yards. Is is Mike Davis like going to lose his job? I don't think he's going to lose his job. And you know, I think that 
normally if we knew the Falcons were in a two-way committee at running back, we would want nothing to do with it. But they've been more run heavy under Arthur Smith. Um, they had the ninth highest run rate in neutral situations right now on early down. So I think there's potential here for Mike Davis to be sort of the workhorse back. Obviously, he doesn't have much upside, like a low, low end RB2 kind of flex play. Whereas Cordell Patterson, you know, he has this pass catching role. Um, they didn't, they don't have Julio anymore, obviously. Um, they didn't have Russell Gage. So there's a role for him in this offense. So I think both running backs can be playable in deeper leagues. Would you say that Patterson could be this year's J.D. McKissick? Just, you know, a guy that's kind of a lock for four to five catches every week, give you a high floor, yeah, um, kind of playing absolutely. PPR. Like, that's what he's shaping out to be. Absolutely. But I just have this feeling in the back of my head that <laughs> there, there's going to be a week sooner or later when he gets more touches than Mike Davis, and it's going to be, like, carries, not just, Ooh, not just yeah. catches. Just because he's been playing well. And Davis – I mean, Davis was in the Christian McCaffrey role last year, so – that, and like he wasn't overly efficient. He just, but he ran hard. He looked good. Coaches love him. Uh, but it just, I don't know. There, it just worries me every time Patterson keeps putting up these good games because Davis hasn't really done much. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm another guy that I might try to get out of while I still can yeah. <laughs> in Mike Davis. You know, just kind of is it's getting to that time of year. Uh, what did you think of, of Trey Sermon uh, in that San Francisco backfield? Uh, I've just decided that Kyle Shanahan hates his entire team. Uh, like he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo at the, in the red zone. He doesn't trust Trey Sermon. Cause he gave use check like five carries and there were, there was 21 carries and Sermon got 10 of them. Like Glance got one, Kittle got one. Like it seemed like he was devising every way not to give Trey Sermon like 15, 20 carries. Uh, and then he obviously hates Brandon Ayuk. So uh, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan just hates his old team. But what did you think of Sermon? I thought I thought he kind of got bailed out by the touchdown. Yeah. Just just ten of the twenty-one carries, only thirty-one yards. Didn't didn't look too great. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, he definitely bailed those of us that played him out with that touchdown. Uh, and you know, he really ramped up Kyle Uzcheck's usage. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so sixty-nine percent. Oh, by the way, guess how many percent of the snaps Kyle Uzcheck played? Sixty-nine percent. Sixty-nine percent. Nice. Ten more percent than Trey Sermon. Wow. Yeah. No, I mean, this is the week to play Trey Sermon. And now, you know, I'm worried we're going to have to kind of see how this shakes out if and when Elijah Mitchell comes back, which I, I think could be this week. Um, so it was a very concerning game considering Trey Sermon had like no competition outside of Kyle Juszczyk. And yeah, he didn't look good. <laughs> he, uh, he had that one play where he fell backwards and lost like yes. 10 yards or something like it was not pretty. Um, so maybe there is a reason he was in the doghouse. Uh, so this, I, I I will stand pat saying we need to invest in these 49er running backs, but right now it's dicey. Let's kind of wait and see how this shakes out this week um, before we play him again. Yeah. And even though it's like a home favorite spot this week for sermon, which we love for running backs, mm -hmm. I wouldn't take that. I would take that with kind of a grain of salt. Russell Wilson is 65%, you know, coming off a loss. He's 65% as a road dog. Uh, I fully expect that Seattle could have just as much of a chance to win this game. Uh, and they're the more desperate team. So this this mm -hmm. could be like another ugly game script for for Sermon. I wouldn't just kind of blindly say, OK, uh, you know, home favorite, high total, play him. Uh, yeah. Definitely kind of exercising some caution with him. Uh, Zach Moss obviously needs to be rostered. If he was dropped, he played 57 percent of the snaps, got 16 touches. And they have another game script where that could happen this week because they go against Houston. Um, the Jets play the Titans, who are – they on paper, their defense is not great. Uh, Ty Johnson, 57% of the snaps, Carter, 43%. Uh, any thoughts on, on like, are these guys going to be usable at all against a bad defense or is it still just a stay away? Uh, the, it's a stay away. This backfield is an absolute disaster right now. I mean, the jets have scored 20 points on the season. Usually we want to invest in running backs on teams that can drive downfield <laughs> and score points, right? They do neither. And, you know, Mikai Becton's still out, so this offensive line's brutal. I will say, though, Michael Carter is starting to look like the workhorse back. Um, you know, Tevin Coleman had zero touches. LaMichael P. Ryan and Josh Tevin Adams. Coleman was out. Huh? Tevin Coleman was out. Yeah, no, he had zero. I'm just – I'm saying he survived. <laughs> I mean, they had, I so, had zero touches, too. Had, yeah, heading <laughs> into the season, they had these five running backs, right? Yeah. So, Tevin Coleman's out. But, like, he's out of the picture like, let's just say that <laughs> Josh Adams, LeMichael P. Ryan, even Ty Johnson, Ty Johnson um, out snapped Michael Carter, yeah. but 
Carter's still out touching him by seven touches. So I'm just saying it's we, we kind of called this right that Michael Carter keep him on your bench if you have him like he's going to emerge as the workhorse back. We've seen that happen. Um, we just need this offense to do something now. So that's why I, th- I think you can still roster him and only him right now. Uh, okay. Uh, do we have anything on the AJ Brown injury? Um, I know he left the game early. Uh, Julio Jones, I saw only played like 55% of the snaps in that game too. I know it was kind of a, uh, the, the Titans were controlling it, but uh, yeah. what do, what do, what are, what do people do if AJ Brown's out this week? Is there anyone uh, kind of you're thinking you would target or. Well, we, we don't know if he's going to be out. I think they might be cautious just considering they're playing the train wreck that is the Jets right now. So this could be a Derrick Henry 50 carry game. Yeah. And um, yeah, Julio did look banged up, but I, I would assume he would step up in the spot. Anthony Ferkser might return and could see, you know, three plus catches. Um, Nick Westbrook would be the sneaky PPR flyer that we might talk about tomorrow on the DFS show. But other than that, I think they're going to just kind of be careful with them because they're playing the Jets and just just feed Derrick Henry. Why not in a game like this? Uh, so if, if there's a guy like Deshaun Jackson on the wires, like he, is he worth rostering at this point? You think like we heard Sean McVay saying, Hey, I need to get him more involved. Um, you know, had three catches on five targets, 120 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, out of all the guys that kind of popped last week, I mean, you know, there's a lot of deep receivers like Valdez Scantling got a, got a deep ball and it's, and he also scored a touchdown. Um, it would, would Jackson be the kind of the priority ad, or is it more like a guy like Hunter Renfro, who's uh, I'm sure still available in a, in a lot of spots. And he's kind of looking like a week in week out target, uh, for Derek Carr. Yeah. You kind of called it after, I think it was week one or week two, like where the hell's our Deshaun Jackson mm-hmm. to catch hundred yard, one touchdown game. I mean, they might as well use him in this role while he's healthy. Um, it gives him that vertical element. And, you know, you saw Sean McVay run down the field and he was the first person to congratulate Deshaun Jackson after that. So I, I think he's going to keep him in there going forward. So I would say, you know, if you're a big underdog going into a matchup, Deshaun Jackson is the kind of guy you want on your team. You want that super high ceiling um, at the expense of a potentially low floor. So I, I would add him if, if your team's struggling, you're an underdog this week. He's the perfect kind of guy in that role. Whereas Hunter Renro, you know, he's going to provide a high, high floor, maybe not the same ceiling as Deshaun Jackson. So if you're a big favorite this week and you just need a guy to get you a handful of points, go with Hunter Renfro where, you know, DJX, he's always going to be that home run threat when he's healthy. So, yeah, I think I think he's worth an ad right now. Uh, wanted to get your thoughts on the Cardinals, too, a little bit. Um, AJ Green, 86 percent of the routes, Christian Kirk, 73 percent. Rondale Moore down to 38%. Um, is this a situation where, because Green and Kirk both had 100-yard games, it, like where are we on Moore? Like where do you kind of see Moore being ranked in your weekly rankings going forward? Because I had him higher than uh, both of those guys, and uh, he made me look stupid. So <laughs> so I'm just curious as to, uh, you know, kind of what you're seeing for, for Moore going forward. I mean, let's face it. This is just going to be a tricky uh, team to project right now, especially with Hopkins sort of playing the decoy role. I, I mentioned last week in my tears that he was a potential sell high option. I, I still think he's going to be the alpha in this offense, but you called it like that. These ancillary receivers are stepping up. So AJ green had a big game. Christian Kirk has looked really good this oh, year. Yeah. He's played well. So yeah. And then we're going to have Rondell Moore to have these like blow up games too, where, or, you know, he has a low floor also. So I, I just think it's going to come at the expense of Hopkins, you know, he's sort of drawing the attention of the defense. He's playing at less than hundred percent. So this week facing the Rams, you know, he's probably going to draw Jalen Ramsey most of the game opening up the field for these other three receivers. So it's, it's going to be very tricky to, to just rank these guys. And right now I have Deandre Hopkins as my wide receiver 17. Where do you have him? Uh, I have not done my projections. <laughs> Where yet, do you think you're going to rank him this week? Uh, probably higher than that. Just oh, okay. like, I, I, I just feel like going again, like the Rams aren't shadowing, like they're not shadowing. So I, like, cause remember Jalen Ramsey's like in that star position. Now they're using him a lot closer to the line of scrimmage. I even heard uh, Troy Aikman say on the telecast in the Bucks Rams game that he was like, yeah, Mike Evans has been out there. Jalen Ramsey really hasn't been on him. Uh, so I'm not that worried. And I just think at the end of the day, it's, like, I don't want to, I don't want to bet against DeAndre Hopkins. Like, that's just not the type of guy 
that I want to bet against because yeah, he was banged up this week. They're playing the Jaguars, you know, two guys had a hundred yards. He didn't really need to do much, but the two, their two most talented receivers both had bad games. So in, like the way I see it is like, that's going to rebound. Uh, and it might, it might start this week because they're going to need production out of Hopkins this week. So I'm not, I'm not going to overreact yet. You know, if we see that kind of a trend, you know, a couple weeks, two, three, four weeks, and more is kind of, you know, ascending, then you're in, and these guys are playing well, then you have more options then I think, but right now I just think, it, you know, they have four guys. So, and two of them had a hundred yards. So it's just, and you're playing a team that didn't really make you pass. So, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I'm not no, I, I, I wouldn't bet against him long-term, but I, I doubt he's going to be in your top eight this week. Like he's probably fair. outside That's of fair. the top eight by it's now. Just cause yeah. There's so, yeah. I mean, there's so many good receivers in the league. I mean, you gotta, I might have to have both uh, Vikings in my top eight, both Seahawks. So yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Both and, Cowboys. Well, let's, let's face it. Cooper <laughs> cup is number one. Oh my goodness, Cooper <laughs> Cup. You can't we, we we made a pack last week not to rank him outside of the top three. We weren't allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, we might need to narrow that to like top one. two, top he's, one. He's, okay. Okay. Him and Devontae. <laughs> him and Devontae. Like I like Tyreek is having one of those, you know, the volatility. Patrick Mahomes yeah. making some uncharacteristic mistakes. Um, yeah, like I mean, Devontae had a really good matchup last week. So, I mean, you know, against the Niners, like they, their cornerback situation, you and they're putting them in a slot. So, I mean, Devontae might have to be the wide receiver one from now on and, and cup the wide receiver two. And then, and then it's like then, a toss up from there. Yeah. And like Tyreek is not even in that conversation anymore. So, um, yep. but that, that's just, I haven't, I haven't put the numbers to it just yet, but that's kind of how I'm, how I'm looking at it. Uh, okay. Let's uh, quickly, you know, Giants injuries. Shepard went down, Slayton went down. I, I don't know if we've seen any updates yet, um, but that's it, – is Kenny Galladay kind of sneak back into startability? Evan Ingram, any interest against the Saints here who have a uh, really good defense by the looks of it yet again? Yeah, it, it's just a shame that it seems like Daniel Jones can never have all of his pass catchers healthy. I mean, he finally got ba- uh, Barkley closer to 100% and Evan Ingram returned, and then he just lost Shepard and Slayton. Slayton's probably not that big of a deal. But I do think that maybe Kenny Galladay is a high-end wide receiver three now. I, I'll have to update my projections. But I've um, been calling for Galladay to be kind of like a buy-low option. Um, it's, it's too early to know who's out right now. But um, if both Shepard and Slayton are out, I think Colin Johnson might be an interesting flyer. Um, he's six foot six, 220. Uh, he could be a good red zone target if, you know, they're double teaming Galladay or whatever. Colin Johnson could be sneaky. I was surprised when the uh, the Jaguars cut him. Um, I, I thought he had some potential going in the season. So just keep him on your radar if both of these receivers are out. Um, other than that, we're, we're only really interested in Galladay and Barkley right now in this offense anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, monitor the situation this week. So you would add Johnson over a guy like Kadarius uh, Tony. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think Tony's ready. Um, he, he's more of a gadget player that I don't think Jason Garrett's figured out quite yet to use. I wouldn't consider him uh, a guy that I would stash right now. Like I said, I think Colin Johnson just has that massive frame where he could be the red zone target. Um, I think he's the ad out of anybody um, on the Giants team right now. And then, uh, so the Steelers, you know, Deontay missed the game. Juju went down. They play the Packers this week. So that's that's going to be a tough matchup for if Chase Claypool is the last guy standing, that's going to be a tough matchup for him against Jair Alexander. Um, we don't know yet if, if Deontay is going to be back. I would assume Jair would be on Deontay more if that were the case. But uh, any interest in any anybody on the Steelers pass catching core? I mean, they're having to throw a ton just because yeah. they're not very good. So uh, there's got to be some value there somewhere. But it's I'm having a hard time because Fryermuth only played about a third of the snaps. Uh, a week after kind of mm-hmm. splitting work and, and overtaking Ebron, uh, James Washington's obviously still there, but uh, any thoughts on the Steelers uh, pass catching corpse? Yeah, I think you got to fire up Chase Claypool. Um, even if he does see a lot of Jerry Alexander here, I think they're going to force the issue with him. Um, and James Washington, I think is playable in deeper leagues, but he didn't show much this week. Um, and Firemuth, you know, his routes run dipped down to 33%. But he's still, you know, posted three catches, 22 yards, and a touchdown. So while the playing time's down, it is encouraging that he's seeing so much volume in his limited playing time. So if that flips, he could be on our tight end radar. Probably not quite yet. But Eric Ebron, he just looks done. You know, he was on the field 60% of the time, failed to catch a pass. So 
Um, I, I think Fryermuth stock is heading up. And like I said last week, you know, I think we both took the under Najee Harris rushing yards. I yeah. just said, I, I just don't know how they're going to run the ball. If anything, they're going to get more, you Ooh, know, did involved in the passing game. I, I did not expect what 14 catches. So oh, man, like, uh, it's going to be a check down machine right now. It seems like, cause that's the only way they can kind of run the ball. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he sees an increase. Well, not an increase from last week, but he's a four to five catch back going forward. Like I think that usage is going to be pretty sticky with him going forward. He can be like an inefficient running version of Alvin Kamara. You know, yeah, pretty like, much. Like, yeah. Like that's 12 carries for 40 yards or 30 <laughs> yards or 20 yards, but like yeah. eight catches, you know, that's, um, that should be a prop this week. Will, will anybody outside of Najee Harris or big Ben, I guess, get a rush attempt this week? Is oh the, yeah. Cause no, Benny no, Snell's is main, there. no is minus 400. What would you put the line Sheesh. at? <laughs> uh, I would put it at lower than that because uh, Pittsburgh may get blown out <laughs> by the, true, by the pack. They're playing Aaron Rodgers. That yeah. Might not be messing around. So, I mean, as bad as Pittsburgh just lost to Cincinnati at home. Like, that's – I mean, I know Cincinnati's better, and I've, I've been saying this. Their defense mm. is a lot better than people think, but that they still lost to Cincinnati at home and looked completely terrible doing it. So, yeah, I, I'm officially worried about Pittsburgh. Uh, oh, and I forgot to mention this with San Francisco, but Brandon Ayuk startable again. He played 86% of the snaps, four catches, 37 yards, a touchdown. Also returning punts, which gives him a little extra, little extra upside. I mean, he's probably not who we drafted him quite yet. I mean, he was drafted as a, a high-end wide receiver too, right? Or like mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, a mid-low range. He's So he's not there yet, but I think he's on the uh, wide receiver three flex spectrum right now. Um, it was encouraging to see. Um, but the production hasn't been there quite yet. I think it could be another couple of weeks before, you know, we're considering him a wide receiver three, but he's a guy I think you still kind of want to buy low on. I think he is going to be the alpha in this offense at some point again. Um, but yeah, he's not, he, he's not meeting his ADP expectations quite yet, but I think he's getting there. Yeah. And he'll, he'll, he'll get to see, you know, he'll get snaps on, on Trey flowers this week. So, um, you know, that, that'll be good for him you know justin jefferson had a really good game both you know the, the seahawks are going to give a production to wide receivers mm-hmm. so i think this is a week where i, I probably gonna I, I'd, I'd at least flex him if he's not like a straight up wide receiver three in the rankings uh, a couple more guys i want to get to at tight end mike gasicki you know we both kind of wrote him off as like unplayable but then he goes out and has a 10 catch game so uh he played 72 percent of the routes per drop back pretty decent number for tight ends uh indianapolis kind of middle of the pack their defense hasn't been nearly as good as it was last year so is gesicki back on the streaming radar at least you know dfs you know tournament radar um i'm not buying in quite yet i mean he's a very talented pass catching tight end just the issue with the dolphins is they have so many pass catchers with not enough you know yards or targets to go around i mean we saw jalen waddle catch what 12 balls last week um, so, you know, there's going to be games where Parker steps up, where Will Fuller steps up. He's just going to be too inconsistent. But then again, we are talking about streaming tight ends, which, you know, they're probably going to be inconsistent anyway. Um, so just the fact that Gasicki does have 10 catch upside, you know, if, if you're hurting at tight end, sure, he's worth a flyer. But I just wouldn't expect this week to week with him. Like I said, just these pass catchers week to week, they're very tricky to project. So I think, you know, we're going to have two guys every week kind of go off and then, you know, two guys kind of take a back seat. So, you know, just plan accordingly. Yeah, I mean, that's if Will Fuller, I think he got hurt on, on like the, uh, the very last play. Yeah. Like yeah. trying to catch a touchdown, which is, that's so Will Fuller. I think he tore his ACL <laughs> on a touchdown uh, catch a couple years ago, yep. actually on like against Miami come to think of it. Wow. So yeah, that's uh everything comes full circle for Will Fuller. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that, that was going to kind of be my question. You know, somebody's out there. They're not getting enough from their tight end. The guys who kind of popped this week were Gasicki, Dawson Knox, which you called, I believe, on, on one of our podcasts. It was a great call. Uh, he ran 77% of the routes. And, uh, you know, he was the tight end three last week. A very low scoring week for tight ends, but tight end yeah. three is tight end three. Uh, Houston is 28th against tight ends. Now, the one concern is the game script might be one of those things where they don't need to throw to the like fifth option much fourth or fifth option much uh but uh, you're kind of looking at Gasicki, you're looking at Knox 
Uh, maybe you're looking at Tyra Conklin, seven catches, 70 yards. The overall tight end one in week three uh, in that game against Cleveland. Any lean to, to any one of those guys in particular? Wait, so Dawson Knox was tight end three last week with four catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. That's all it took? Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Dalton Schultz, and Blake Jarwin haven't played yet. But as of Ooh. now, yes. I doubt any of them. Uh, well, I, yeah, I guess one of them could beat that line, huh? So, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> all, really, all four of them. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was that bad of a week at tight Yeah, end. it was Holy a bad. Smokes. I mean, TJ Hawkinson did nothing. You had Andrews go off. Uh, I think yeah. Kiddo had a decent week, Kelsey, but that was like it. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, Waller struggled, surprisingly. Yep. Um, but, yeah, Knox, well, he was my Chico last week because I said if he's able to maintain this sort of usage on a passing team like the Bills – we're going to be very interested in him. And so he's getting this playing time in expense of Gabe Davis. You know, you kind of said last week that they're playing more 11 personnel. Yeah. So they're just you better know, in that, in that, in that formation, I guess. Yeah. So that, I mean, this is a two week trend now. So we're, we're very interested in Dawson Knox. Um, so I think he's playable this week. His, his ceilings probably everybody's ceiling is probably capped against the Texans. Um, you know, this is going to be a blowout most likely. So that, that does cap his upside here. But again, we're talking about the Titans streaming tier, which is, just a shit show. So I, I think he's he's worth a flyer. Um, Conklin, probably not so much. I think we're going to see, um, you know, him and KJ Osborne sort of rotate who the number three target is week to yeah. week. Uh, this week it was Conklin. Next week it might be Osborne. So I think Conklin's probably going to be a little bit too inconsistent to trust going forward. All right. Uh, I'll end it with this uh, little pop quiz for you. You know, Conklin tight end one, Kelsey, Gasicki, Kittle, Mark Andrews, Knox was the, the, the he was actually the tight end six. I said, I think okay. I said three. He was tight end six, sorry. Um, Higby and Logan Thomas. Those are the top eight. Guess who is the tight end nine this week so far? Without Jacob Hollister. Ooh, that was a good guess. Uh, he, <laughs> I, he I know two he played passes like, for 60. Uh, <laughs> what did he yeah, do? He, he played a bunch of, of snaps, but no, it was Tommy Tremble. <laughs> oh yeah, because he got that touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> hey, is he is he gonna be the guy to pick up now that they got rid of your boy Dan Arnold? Uh, or is Ian I, Thomas? Like, who do you think is gonna be the leading tight end now in that uh, offense? Like, I uh, mean, it's gonna be a nightmare to project. I don't even want to think about it. Forget I, I asked. I wouldn't say. I would say it might be because the thing about Ian Thomas is he's like the Andre Patton. Or like of 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 tight ends, like he just runs wins. He's just out there running routes, and he just doesn't yeah, get targeted. That's why I'm thinking that this could be the the window for Terrence Marshall to break out. Um, you know, he would be sort of the Curtis Samuel role from last year, where Ian Thomas is running 80 percent of the routes, and he sees one target. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's out, so yeah, I'm starting to think this might be the week that Terrence Marshall uh, blows up. How do you feel about that trade? <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Abysmal. Urban Meyer-like. Yeah, that it was pretty bad. So J.C. Horn's going to be out for a while, right? Is, I hate it for the Jaguars. Why give Tim up on Henderson already? First of all, the Panthers give, give are – Tim Tebow another chance. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, like, like is again, like, I'm we know we're Dan Arnold fans on this podcast. But, like, yes. is Dan Arnold – is there really a difference between, like, Dan Arnold and Jacob no. Hollister? No, no, I see and like, all, like whoever the like whoever I mean, they could come on. Arnold's not playing this week, right? I, I don't they play know. Thursday night, they yeah, play oh, Thursday yeah, night football. They so I think Jacob Hollister yeah. might be a sneaky play in DFS. I'm hoping Arnold nope. doesn't suit up, but they were going to get James O'Shaughnessy back in a couple yeah. weeks anyway. Why are we even talking about this? It was a it was a dumb, dumb trade. Yeah. Like there's no reason for it. Eric Meyer. None. Oh, and three. Yeah, you're spread. right. Oh, and three oh against God. the spread still has, I feel covered. bad for Stucky. Uh, yeah. For <laughs> taking, I mean, you had to play them this week, but I'm with you. I, I am not betting on them until I see some. You didn't have covers. to play them. Why does everyone keep saying that? You didn't, yeah, just don't, ha- you didn't don't have to bet <laughs> on the Jaguars. Like no one said, don't put a gun to your head and said like, like you could not bet the game. And it's like, even if you're, if you're picking in a contest, so like you have to pick every game anyway, every game only counts, you know what? Like, 10%, 8%. Why would you yeah, pick it's... Urban Meyer? Like, it does, there's no reason to bet on Urban Meyer right now. How? Like, none. Forget about Urban Meyer for a second. How concerned are you with Trevor Lawrence so far? Oh, I mean, I, that this, this that's going to be too long of a podcast, but I would say I am, I am concerned because, only because of Urban Meyer. Because oh. I, I, I am confident that 
they are not developing him based on the other decisions that Urban Meyer has made since taking over this franchise and based on the control that he has of this franchise, I'm pretty convinced that he's just not built for this at least, or he's not good at this right now. And I don't know how long it's going to take. And in the NFL, you don't get time like that. And they always, they always say, Hey, quarterbacks, you could get bad habits. You can, you know, that's why they're uh, Shanahan is, even though it's probably not the best idea, He's sitting Trey Lance. You know, that's why Matt Nagy wanted to sit Justin Fields. We're yeah. seeing some of that. So it's like the fact that they're throwing Lawrence into the fire, but in this type of environment, um, and they're just acquiring all these random veteran guys and trading mm-hmm. away promising young cornerbacks, like, which you're just hurting the defense, really. Like, there's just nothing about this says, like, we're we're giving this guy – the best chance to succeed. So I, I, I am actually worried. What do you think? I, he's looked really bad. And that interception he threw early in the game is really bad. Uh, Marvin Jones, um, you know, he stopped kind of in the soft part of the defense and then Trevor Lawrence led him threw it right to the guy. Um, Josh Hermsmeyer. I love this tweet from last week. Um, the highest off target throw rate in the NFL through two weeks of play since 2009, Trevor Lawrence is number one. 35% off target throw rate. I need to look and see how he did this week. Uh, number two is Tim Tebow at 34.4%. <laughs> and number three was Seneca Wallace at 34.5%. Oh that's gosh. not Urban Meyer's fault. That's Trevor Lawrence's fault. So that's not good. Um, I still think he's a generational talent, but yeah, maybe with the coaching, just he's not ready. It's been very concerning to say the least. But the thing about it is Urban Meyer reportedly has been like a dick to his other <laughs> to his other coaches. So like that's why yeah. I worry because it's like it's not the it's not the head coach's job to coach Trevor Lawrence, but it is the quarterback coach's job. You mm-hmm. know, it is the 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 offensive coordinator's job. And if if they're stressed out and they're they hate their jobs, and then that extends to the locker room where a guy like Marvin Jones, he could, you know, he's a veteran. He's been there, done that, proved himself. Mm-hmm. He might stop giving a fuck. You know what I mean? And it's like, then you're trading away these young guys. Like, it's yeah, like, it's a disaster. Hopefully, they fire in. him. Hopefully, they just fire Meyer and he coaches USC. I would love to yeah, see that first at plus 5,000. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, I mean, it, to be the only thing I'll say in fairness is all the rookie quarterbacks have saved for uh, Trey Lance uh, and Mac Jones at times, but they've all looked pretty bad. So, yep. Yeah. It's going to do it. That is going to do it. We just way too much Jaguars talk. Our producer, Matt Mitchell, is probably going to cut half of it. But either way, it was a great pod. Uh, Sean, you can find him on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon. You can find us both at those same handles in the award-winning free Action Network app where you can follow our bets or track all of yours for free. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for our fantasy projections and rankings in our tool and all of our content and check out fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools uh, and content as well. Until next time, let's get this money.